And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You'll be the best and you got to pay no price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me, as always, my fabulous co-host, Rich Hammond. Rich? How we doing? Ooh, they got really low. That was a good one, right? Yeah, yeah, to work that one out. Uh, (laughs) It's great to be back with you, Jordan. I want to give thanks both to you and to our good friend, Stu Jackson. I miss miss Stu. I haven't seen him in a long time. I'll have to come out and say hi. You guys are holding it down, doing a great job. I sat on my couch last week. I didn't do anything. People were like, what do you do on your vacation? It's like, I stare at a wall. (laughs) That's what I do. (laughs) because <laughs> it's the only time in your life you get to stare at a wall and do nothing so do nothing then do nothing you so, did have to do uh, one thing you had some homework rich i did have some homework jordan <laughs> there was a football game and um i you know the way this went nobody needs to know about my life it's boring but over the weekend i was doing a little bit of stuff and uh i recorded the game on saturday night and i thought oh, i'll watch it later and then the first thing that i came back to was uh, jordan's story which was of course diligently written quickly written and posted on the athletic for everybody to read and i had two thoughts as i was reading it jordan first of all wow this is a very good uh recap of this game and told me a lot about what did i needed to know and second of all oh my goodness now i have to watch this game um <laughs> which no offense intended to any of the participants but uh yeah, I don't. I think we're. Uh, I think people understand Jordan when we're talking here. Not exactly a, uh, a compelling. Uh, we, we we can get into that a little bit, Jordan. But my goodness, have you been holding it down from from Irvine to Thousand Oaks to Inglewood to all parts in between, um, and giving us some awesome content? We're going to talk a little bit about the game, but since we're into to Tuesday morning now, as as we're recording, it's a big week. Uh, it's a it's a joint practice week, which everybody loves, and uh, the Raiders are coming in. So, Jordan, if you want to start, I mean, I, I think people understand at this point, you know, kind of what those joint practices are involved and why they do them and, and things like that. But I mean, uh, you know, coming out of this game uh, on, on Saturday against the Chargers, I mean, how, how do they how do they build off of that? Like, what are the things that you're going to be looking at this week kind of as they build into that uh, Saturday game against the Raiders? Yeah, the way that I would kind of say it is the the preseason games themselves are they have value in that they build and they help develop depth players and get young players used to, to full game situationals and these joint practices of which the rams very um outside their norm scheduled two sets of this year the joint practices help with help develop keep developing the starters and help get the starters game like situations obviously you know, this was a little bit different of a preseason method for Sean McVay in terms of some players who are definitely going to need to be contributing as starters or relevant second teamers did play um, in the preseason game. Alaric Jackson comes to mind, Steve Avila, um, you know, a couple of the DBs that are going to probably start for them. You know, those guys all were playing or, or at least started out the game. But most of their key and core starters, I'm talking about the Matthew Staffords, you know, even, you know, Ernest Jones, who's played some significant games for them in the past, Tyler Higby, even Bryson Hopkins, um, you know, those guys, Joe Noteboom, those guys did not play, but they will be very much participating in these joint practices. And that is where they're going to be getting more game-like activity than they do in the preseason. And I think it's very intentional that they that Sean McVay scheduled two sets of joint practices this this year, because normally you'd see one, maybe not two, um, if at all, because as we know him to be um, a bit paranoid, as most head coaches are, um, you don't want people seeing your stuff. Right. And so um, that but but it is interesting and telling to me, especially to, you know, two very different types of defenses, 
um, both of which are are very popular in the league right now, um, getting adjusted and, and used to really just in a safe, quote unquote, like safe environment where people can't take your tape. You could actually run your stuff. They're not running their stuff, quote unquote, in the preseason either. It's really there's two different types of development and onboarding happening here. And um, both of these things, I think, attack it in different ways. Now, it is interesting. The Raiders already sent their stuff. They, I was out at Thousand Oaks uh, yesterday, Monday, for practice, and all the Raiders, well, not all of it, but mo- much of the Raiders' equipment was already out there. They had sent it pretty early. Um, I did I did wonder if anyone warned them about how much wildlife happens out there. <laughs> because I was like, um, you know, it's stacks and stacks of equipment, and it's out there on the, you know, on this one of the side of the field, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yeah, something's going to make a home in that. So you guys be careful when you're unpacking. I don't think any Raiders right. people listen to this, but um, if you do, be careful out there because there's snakes and lizards and squirrels and hawks and lots of birds that don't <laughs> sound like birds. They sound like, you know, possessed demons from hell. Dinosaurs. Like, and, and, and rabbits. And did I say snakes? Oh, yeah, lots of snakes. Lots of snakes. So you guys be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs> This is your public service announcement. Public service uh, announcement. I've done my part. Personnel. Yes, be careful. <laughs> Watch out for snakes. Um, yeah, they're, they're always, uh, to me, I always loved watching them. Uh, you, you can certainly learn a lot um, if, if you know what you're looking for, if you're looking at the right things. Um, so I, I'm sure that'll be a very interesting time to see some of these guys get worked in. Um, and, and Jordan, I, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm half joking, of course, about the the, the, the game and things like that, but I thought you, you, the the recap that you that you wrote uh, after Saturday's game. Uh, it, I, I know we I already knew that we agreed on this, but but you know you hit on something that I think is really important to point out from the jump is that drawing conclusions from these sorts of things is very dangerous. I I think, and and the way that I've always looked at it uh, is that I think it's okay to start drawing conclusions on individuals. You can start to make. Um, you know, informed opinions and things like that on how individuals played. If you start to apply it to a position group, you start to apply it to the team as a whole, it gets a little shaky to say, oh, that happened in that game. So, you know, A equals B and thus that group is not going to be very good or is going to be very good or whatever. So um, I think that I think we want to stay away from probably, you know, making sweeping judgments at this point based on on what you see in a in a preseason game, especially the first preseason game. Um but I think there's some individuals uh, that that maybe we can look at, and and I know one of the you know interesting things coming in is the quarterback situation, uh, with obviously Stetson Bennett uh, getting drafted. Brett Rippin started the game on Saturday. I think uh, uh, Stetson came in in the middle of the second quarter or late second quarter. Um, what did you think? Um, and and I know that's a very broad question, but you know Stetson Bennett's a guy who's had a lot of college experience. He's not your typical rookie. He's much older. Uh, he's played on very very high level, the highest level that you can play at in college football. So I mean, you watched him a lot in training camp. Obviously, I don't know if you came in with any type of expectations or thoughts about what you might see, but how did that maybe translate to what you did see uh, on the field on Saturday? Well, I thought he looked better in that game than he has in practice. And that's to be expected. Again, um, you know, in practice, they're throwing a lot of information at these players, especially the young players, and they have to really um, apply certain and specific situationals. It's not, you know, the the Rams practicing um, this year have they've they've made their practices more game like in a lot of ways. Um, They're some of their drives. Um, the way that they script practice overall, the way that they structure it and the way that they rotate um, and what they do on some of these. Uh, it's a lot more 11 on 11, for example, than I've ever seen um, <clears throat> again. And that's intentional because you want more game like scenarios. But it's also, you know, Stetson has fluctuated in in camp and in practice. And again, like when I say that, you know, that's supposed to happen. He's a rookie. I mean, yeah, he's, you know an old rookie and I'm not saying he's old, but like he's old relative to other rookies, um, older and, but that he's still a rookie in, you know, as a quarterback in the first time in this language of this, of this offense, um, it's like going to grad school and you have to, you know, learn another language before you even can take the courses that are assigned to you. And I think that, you know, sometimes people forget that, um, especially, you know, from afar, but, 
and, and so it's to be expected that he's going to fluctuate in practice. That's what practice is for, right? Um, but in the game, what was interesting is you could really see when, you know, it was a rough start for him, a shaky start, and he and he looked nervous. Um, a couple of near interceptions, held the ball too long on a play where he had Vince Garnick in the flat, um, and some of the but but what you could see once it started to click in, once he started to settle, um, and and again, some of those longer drives I think really helped with that that they put together. Um, you could really see why the Rams like him. Um, the decision making, you know, this is you guys have to remember that you're playing in a game where you don't even actually really know what NFL defenses are yet. <laughs> you know, like you, you don't have it's preseason. So you're not exactly watching a bunch of tape on the team you're playing. Um, right. you're, you're also like, you've never played NFL defenses. You there's, there's a, there's a long, long road ahead of any quarterback's development. So basically it's a little bit of point and shoot that's happening. Um, when you're any quarterback playing in the preseason, let alone a rookie quarterback playing in the preseason. And I think, you know, Brett Rippon to me, there was a big difference in, I, I get why they started him in, in the game because, He's the veteran. He's been around. He knows, you know, how to get the game started. He's going to be, you know, he knows how to um, kind of just get everything off the ground, like start the plane, lift plane in air. Right. <laughs> and but but I, I also thought he kind of looked um, like he just he some on one of the sacks, for example, um, which was, you know, Logan Bruss, not a great pass pro rep by him at right tackle. But um Rippon just kind of was not moving like he just he was he stepped in and his feet were just like cemented to the ground. And like when Stetson Bennett came in, you could see the difference in when he felt comfortable enough to get going on some of those boots. And 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 even when um, comfortable in terms of had to learn the hard way about some overconfidence because on a boot tried to outrun an NFL edge rusher, which is like. Yeah, <laughs> probably going to learn everybody moves a lot faster right, um, right. in the NFL. And Bennett, uh, Bennett sort of laughed about that after the game. Um, but but you could see why the Rams like him. You could see, you know, that he got better and better as the game went on. He He's a gamer and, and they that's what they liked about him. And he can make quick decisions and he throws the ball downfield, which they weren't doing a lot of with their backups last year. That's a sign of confidence too. Um, he tries things. Um, and as Sean McVay noted, like it's not that he really knows really what he's looking at yet with the defenses, but he understands space. He understands where the ball needs to go. That's that's experience, but also that's how we know him to be. That's in a scouting report, you know, from when he was at Georgia. So I was impressed. I think, you know, I hadn't seen in person that that side of him yet, because again, he's he has fluctuated in practice, which is okay. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting because they're going to have to start running scout teams soon. And I think that will help him because they do make their scout team very game-like and they run it as if it's live. And so I do think that that's going to actually based on the, because he'll have to be doing that, um, or you would think he would be, I think that would help him. I, I would, I would hope that they allow him to be in those situations similar to what they did with John Walford. Um, and don't just sort of check boxes there because it will make their defense better. I hope they keep doing that. Um, it, it was interesting. Like, I, I think I think that could be really good for him because you're you're basically um, putting him in those that gamer mentality in practice. And I think that would that would help his his personal growth as a as a player for them, just as I think it would would help their defense. Now, obviously, you, you need to have some rules in there because you do need to get your install work done. But. Um, but yeah, I think you could really see it. You could see why they went out and got him um, in terms of he just he looked like a really solid backup. And and I think that that's something, you know, you can he's going to want some of those throws back, obviously, and some of that in and out of the huddle stuff. And and they need to clean all of that up as well. But like you could definitely see why the Rams think he could be a really reliable backup for them. Yeah, I I don't want to reiterate exactly what you just said. I I agree across the board, Jordan, and that was my thought when I was watching it. As Brett Rippon is in there, and you know, it was 
it was okay. It was, you know, and it, but I, I thought, <laughs> oh, is this just how the game is going to go, right? I mean, maybe this is just first preseason game. And then Stetson Bennett comes in and he's scrambling all over the place and trying to make plays down the field. And I, oh, okay, that's so like I it, look, there were mistakes in there, and you can't have those mistakes happen if he were to get into a regular season game. You can't be that loose with the ball. You can't be putting in in those situations. But like you said, Jordan, not only did he improve with that as the game went on, but I just admired the effort. You know, I, I admired the effort of somebody in their first real NFL action, even though it is a preseason game, just going out there and being loose and, and not being scared, not being tentative. I mean, he was going for it. Um, and, and that worked both ways. That was some positives and some negatives with it. But I admired the 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 attitude behind it and just like, hey, I'm going to go out there and be who I am and and try to make some plays. And sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not. Now, like you said, they're going to have to pull that in a little bit. And when uh, you start doing scout team and it's probably going to have to be a little more structured and and disciplined with, with what they want to accomplish. But uh, I, I thought it was interesting, if nothing else, to to, to watch in, in a game that, you know, Rams fans were probably hoping to find something interesting. And he, he certainly was a compelling uh, character in that game. So I'm, I'm very interested to see how that develops uh, over the next little bit here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Uh, Jordan, let's touch on a, a couple of things, other things from that game, and they both are at the line of scrimmage, which obviously we know is a, <laughs> is a big point of emphasis uh, for the Rams, but... Um, I don't know. Do you want to start on the offensive side of the ball? You know, the, we just talked about the some of the issues with Logan Brust there. They've been moving guys around. I know you've been writing about this. You know, uh, but where are they now? I mean, we're we're getting close to the start of the the regular season, even though it feels like there's still some time. But you know, where are they right now? And are you getting any more clarity as as the days go by here with with what they intend to do or maybe what they hope to do? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts. I actually I'm curious about your opinion on some of the things that have been going on too, Rich, um, especially and specifically some of the moving around um, that they're doing at guard. But just want to lay out the situation. Um, I'll just I'll just lay out all the facts, Rich, and then you tell me what you think. OK, <laughs> go for it. OK, so they opened the spring. Uh, so so excuse me, they opened training camp. And they said, okay, yes, there's going to be competition at every position. What that really meant was pretty much everywhere except for left guard and right guard. What I think is smart and sound that they have done is Steve Avila has not budged from left guard. Like, no first team rotating. He has played left guard. And I think that's smart. I think that sometimes people, co coaching staffs, especially with young players, get too caught up in position flexibility um, but if a player is going to start for you and you expect them to start for you, not moving them around everywhere just to find the best fit, like understanding where the best fit is right away and flooding that lane and, and like allowing that player, that young player to truly develop his technique at that position is smart. 
Um, and I think that that's what they've done with Steve Avila. I do give them credit for that. Um, elsewhere, we also know right, ta- right tackle is pretty much locked in with Rob Havenstein. That was kind of funny um, when training camp opened because, you know, he's a competition at every position guy. And then he sort of took a pause and he smirked a little bit and he was like, well, I'm starting, but you know, like, right. like good Present for you, company Rob. excluded. Yeah. He's, he's great. Yeah. Good for you, man. Um, and so um, center and left tackle were really as training camp opened specifically rich. And this is important. Center and left tackle were the two positions that were constantly rotating, clearly competition there. So left tackle was a competition between Alaric Jackson and Joe Noteboom. And center was a competition between Coleman Shelton and Brian Allen. Those were very clearly the positions that were rotating. At right guard, uh, Tremaine Ankrum was playing the majority of the first team snaps. Now, this continued, everything I just said, it continued all the way into um, the, like, maybe last three days of training camp. At that point, we started seeing Joe Noteboom rotate with Tremaine Ankrum at right guard. And we saw way less of Joe Noteboom rotating at left tackle. Center was still rotating. So to me, my my hypothesis then when I see something like that is Alaric Jackson is winning the left tackle spot and the Rams are trying to figure out where Joan Oboom fits best, um, understanding he has a lot of starting experience for them, understanding also that they gave him a multi-year $40 million contract in 2022. Um and understanding that he is coming back and he's a full participant in every training camp practice from the Achilles, which, by the way, I do. Co- I really commend Joe Noteboom for it. That is really tough. Like he came back coming back in a, in less than a really. I mean, think about this. This less than a year that he's yeah. coming back from this full yeah. Achilles. Now, it is a miracle what Neil Eltrash is doing with some of those internal bracing surgeries that he did on Cam Akers and um, this, I mean, it's remarkable, really, especially for a heavier position, like on an Achilles, like that to me is really outstanding anyway. So, but, but, but it was clear the Rams are preparing to, for him to start the season somewhere because they were throwing him in the mix of these comp- this competition. So then that doesn't quite, to me, it's interesting because then it, it the preseason game when asked, you know, Jen open wasn't playing. And I asked Sean McVay, like, well, why isn't, you know, if, if is he still competing in rotate? And the, and, the, and the answer is, well, we want to be careful with the Achilles, which is good. I think that's fair. Um, however, it doesn't quite square with if someone is winning a job somewhere, just it's, it's okay to say it. Like, Alec Jackson yeah. seems like he's winning this left tackle job. Now, things yeah. could change. It's still fluid. Like, I don't think anyone is necessarily other than Steve and, and Rob. I think those guys are for sure locked in. But um, everything else probably still a little bit fluid. You have to solidify this by the time they get into these joint practices. So I think that's what we're going to see this week. But it seems to me like they want Rob Havens, or excuse me, that they want Joe Noteboom to start for them at right guard. That's what it seems like to me. Now, nobody's come out and said this. Nobody sat there. Sean McVay has, has continued the competition sort of line and all of that which I get, I totally understand this time of year, you, it, things are fluid. They could change. So you're not going to try to just commit to something right away. You want guys still competing out there, but that's just what it seems like to me that we could be looking at a starting offensive line that features Alaric Jackson at left tackle, Steve Avila at left guard, um, either Coleman Shelton or Brian Allen. I would probably lean a little more toward Coleman Shelton, um, just because of the durability factor. Um, and then, um, Joe Noteboom at right guard and then um, Rob Havenstein at right tackle. That's what it, that's what it seems like to me. So those are the facts. I've laid them all out. What do you think? <laughs> I think I think your I think your work there is checks out, Jordan. I, I give you uh, across the board. It's like the, the you play those games and you have the murder board and like you have to draw put all the strings to uh, <laughs> to to figure out how it works. And I think you've solved the case. Um, and, and again, of course, things can change. That doesn't mean that just because that's the case, you know, today on August fifteenth, that it's going to be the case three weeks from now. There can be injuries. There can be moves. Whatever it may be. But I, I think what you're saying there is absolutely reasonable. And I, I think you were also 
I think you're making the right um, decisions in the right order, if if I can put it that way. Like it, it starts with that left tackle position, and I think they probably have determined, okay, Alaric Jackson is our guy. Well, what is now? What does that mean? Okay, now we've got Joe Noteboom. Well, where can we maximize Joe Noteboom? Well, we can maximize Joe Mo- Noteboom at right guard. Um, they don't need to make that move. That, I think that's the only thing I would add to all the great breakdown that you just gave is. They know what Joe Noteboom can do at, at guard. He's he's played there before. He has a he has a history there um, at, well, at left I, guard, right? Yeah, at left guard, and, I, left and that's guard. where and that's where I think there seems sometimes I, you know, it's multiple things can be true right. once again. Um, and and shout out by the way, shout out to our friends abroad who made T-shirts that say multiple things can be true. Nice, freaking awesome, right? Yes. Um, okay, so. Multiple things can be true at the same time, meaning it, you know, you do need to find a spot for Joe Noboom if he loses the battle right. at at left tackle. If that's how it ends up shaking out, yes, you do need to find a spot for whoever loses that that battle at left tackle. So far, it seems like Alaric Jackson is winning that battle at left tackle. So you th- therefore you need to find a spot for Joe Noboom. Okay, moving back and forth between tackle and guard is really difficult. Right. Moving from dominantly left side, which is where he has played. So when they say he Joe Nopum's played a lot of football for us, he's played a lot of guard. He's played a lot of left guard. And recently, specifically, he's played a lot of left guard. So now that's very difficult now moving him over to right guard, which could indicate why he's getting so many snaps there um, in practices. And and because c- he's got to get his his feet under him at the position, that's really really hard to do. Instead of saying whoever loses this battle, when they opened camp, it was whoever loses this battle is probably going to be a swing depth player, right? Okay, but now in tandem, you have the emergence of Warren McClendon, the rookie who could potentially be a swing depth tackle, right? And you have reverted Logan Bruss back to his in the position he played in college, which is his preferred and dominant position, which is right tackle after forcing him into right guard and drafting for need because uh, you had 104 was the top pick that they had that year. And they had uh, Austin Corbett walk because they were trying to resign Von Miller and instead sign Allen Robinson and Bobby Wagner, who are no longer on the roster. Um, and Austin Corbett signed a multi-year deal with the Panthers. And then you have this glaring and open gaping hole at right guard. So you have to plug in who you think is the best player available at that pick point for need into that spot, which automatically shrinks your flexibility there. And then Logan Bruss gets hurt. And then on Sunday, or excuse me, on Saturday, plays his real his first real snaps at right tackle in the NFL. Pass pro is not great. I thought he looked pretty good in the run game um pass pro he's definitely going to want a couple of those back and he was he talked to me about it after the game um so i I commend him for that for uh owning up to his 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 uh issues there and he's you know he believes these things are fixable so he's just going to continue to develop there but now you've got multiple players who could potentially be swing tackles for you in the future and you need to find a place for them to play uh, or or at least back people up. And you've also got a player who you extended in 2022 on a multi-year $40 million contract who you also have to find a place for. Now, it also can be true that he could be their best option at right guard. Like all of that right. can be true. But what I'm what I'm saying is the the shuffling and the 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 combination of draft and decision making on the coaching side um, it, it just seems like just kind of messy, frankly. And there seems yeah. to be overflows. It's a, it's a good thing to have overflows at certain positions, offensive line. It, it's, it's a good thing to have an overflow, but to be this late in camp and still be shuffling and like, you really need your five to play together a lot. Like, and that's what I, again, why these joint practices are so important because they're going to need a five to play together. And to play with Matthew Stafford for for all four of these joint practices that they have coming up over the next two weeks. And and to me, like, I'm maybe a little cynical in thinking like, you know, I haven't seen Joe Noteboom play a live game at right guard. 
I have no doubt he can handle how difficult mentally all of that is to switch that dramatically Um, yet again, because the poor guy has been switching positions every single year of his career. Um, And I understand how difficult that can be. And, and, and I believe he can, he can handle the workload of that, but we haven't seen him and we haven't seen what it physically looks like yet. In, in, against real opponents who are allowed to tackle you, who are allowed to, to hit you and try to, to like ruin your life at the line of scrimmage. Like <laughs> we, we haven't seen it. And so that's where I think there's, it's just messy. And it, I don't think it ever had to be this messy, to be honest with you. And I think there's probably some soul searching happening in that building between the coaching staff and the front office and, and the, the personnel people about, okay, right. this thing has to have an identity. We've kind of been, it's Andrew Whitworth was their identity for a long time. And that's a great identity to have. But after you got to reassess and reestablish who you're going to be. And that also means making smart, sound and logical multi-year decisions at every single position along that offensive line. Less of the mess that's kind of unfolding um, personnel wise, you know, every, you know, coming into this year. Um, And and I think it's interesting because you sort of see these small changes, you know, Sean McVay fired Kevin Carberry, goes out and hires Ryan Wendell, but also um, Mike Munchak has been in the building quite a bit. Um, he's he's consulting it, it with them, and we'll see like how long that position is, whether it's just a training camp thing or um, whether it extends in, into the year. Um, you know, he's he's obviously kind of a legend in the offensive line community. Um, the offensive line community. I just love like the image of that, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, they have a conference every year. Yeah. With an open, together. open buffet and open bar. Yeah, oh, man, that would yeah. be something. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think, but, and you can kind of see, I mean, Andrew Whitworth, you know, he, he, he talked with their, with their scouts this, this summer. Um, they do an after action review every year. Andrew Whitworth, um, the word at camp was that he did a, a pretty, uh, in-depth session with them. Um, in terms of um, traits and and just all kinds of things in that regard. And I think that's interesting. You know, you could see that they it's like you're hearing one thing and you have to say certain things publicly. I get that. But like everything that it looks like behind the scenes is that they're really trying to reestablish their process here at this position and understand where some of the errors have been and, and like fix them. And you got to commend them for that, frankly. But but also like. Um, you know, wow, did this thing escalate quickly in terms of sort of the mess level? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Jordan. And that was always my read on it. Whenever you got, you know, this deep into training camp or, or preseason, you start making, you start seeing moves and guys moving positions, moving in and out. And you're going, uh oh, that's a little, that's always a little bit of a red flag to me. If, by the way, and I think this is important to say, if it doesn't involve an injury, sometimes it's an injury that causes things to get shuffled around. And oh, now you have to fill that spot. And, you know, it's a whole domino game that you have to fill. But that's not what's going on here. This is the same group that they've had. Yeah. You so know, better, since, better. Yeah. Problem than last year, frankly. Yeah. Well, yes, <laughs> uh, no, no question. Yeah, that's no, but but lining. kind of illustrates the point, right? Is that I mean, since they drafted Steve Avila in in uh, April, the end of April, I mean, they've known what this group is going to be, and and other than other than him, and uh, you know, a little bit of Logan Bruss because of his injury last year, they know these guys. They know how they can play. They know where they can play. It's, it's not like this is some mystery that had to get unraveled during training camp. They should kind of have a good idea of what's going on there. So yeah, that that especially at that position, Jordan, and we have talked about this going back to, you know, for, for the three years that you've you've been here is the importance of cohesion on when that line and the the, the five fingers in the glove, right? And and having <laughs> those guys all, all be able to work together. And, and, and that's just, I don't want to be overdramatic about it or melodramatic about yeah, it. I mean, there's, they could there's still be good. time. Yeah. It, and they, it and could be the right I, answer. Exactly. Yeah. But, but you're right on the surface of it. It doesn't project to me. I'm not speaking for anybody else. It doesn't project confidence. It doesn't project uh, that, that we have a group that we feel good about or, or, you know, ready to go with. If you're still making moves 
in mid August. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just what they needed to do. They needed to see how things shook out, but yeah, it's, it's asking a lot of Joe Nopum to now play another position. Like you said, he had some experience at left guard. He's coming off a major injury. And now you're basically saying to him a month before the season starts or a little less than a month before the season starts, like, okay, and how, how about right guard now? Yeah. Where, by um, the way, more quick movement is necessary when you're coming off an Achilles. Sure. Good more point. quick, more quick movement. I mean, Mike LaFleur said it himself yesterday. I mean, it's a fact, so you didn't need an OC confirming it, but like, you know, it is a, it is more the the closer you get to the center, the quicker things happen. And that's certainly the case with, with right guard. Now, again, I'm not knocking Joe Noteboom playing this position until we actually see data, <laughs> right? Like I'm not just poo-pooing it before we even see it because I like Joe, Joe, Joe Noteboom, I think, has dealt with a lot and he's dealt whether it's injuries or shuffling or sort of waiting his turn. And 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 I think he's just a really solid presence in that room. He could be a really good right guard for them. We don't know. And that's the thing. It's like you're combining once again, you're combining unknowns, not only the Achilles situation, but you're already you're also he's now going to be at a position where you're going to need production in a different way and a more explosive output out of that previously torn Achilles than you were going to need when you were doing his rehab because he's rehabbing at the tackle position. You know what I right. mean? Like, it's just so right. to me, it's yeah. It, anyway, I could talk about this for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Well, we, and it, it'll, I'm sure it'll be a storyline going forward, <laughs> you know, for the rest of it. It'll, it'll be a huge thing to watch. There's no question about it. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Jordan, while we're on the while we're in the area, uh, <laughs> speaking of close to the center, yeah, yeah, speaking of close to the center, and uh, well, gosh, I don't know, I, I don't know where to go with this, Jordan. I, I, you know, the, the defensive line, you just, I mean, if not for that long touchdown run that got called back, I, I think they would have been close to three hundred yards allowed, or maybe even over three hundred yards. Um, as <laughs> as it was, it was over two hundred, and again. Full stop, you know, preseason game. Yes. Is Aaron Donald out there? No. Is things look do things look different when Aaron Donald is out there? Yes. So we like we can stipulate all of those things. But I don't know, Jordan. Like I know and I know you guys I, I read the, the 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 transcripts from from yesterday and then there was a, a long uh, back and forth with Raheem Morris about this. I mean, what do you think? Is that that there are certain issues here? With with the personnel, let's just be honest about it, whether you want to talk about size, heft, whatever it may be along that that defensive line. Um, again, not to jump to conclusions based off of one game, but but how much of that do you think is fixable either by just improvement, cleaning things up, putting Aaron Donald back in the lineup? And, and how much of it do you think is is a real concern here going forward? I think it will be a concern. For a while, uh, you know, until they until until if and when they put some reinforcements there and then also guys have to develop. So it's kind of like similar. It's multiple things are true. Like they play gap and a half. That's a very technical way of of playing the run and playing. It's it's uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. You're responsible for a gap and a half versus a single gap. And so that requires a different type of. Um, understanding of how to use your hands and how to shed blocks to, again, account for more space along the line. Um, and as we've seen, you don't, with Greg Gaines, with Aaron, you don't have to be the biggest, baddest, you know, MFer on the block to play gap and a half really well. You can play gap and a half really well if you understand the technique. That's, that's going to take some time for some of the younger guys. It, it just will. And that's one truth, right? Um, and it can be very effective. We've seen it. The Rams were one of the best teams in the NFL against the run last year, and they've been really good uh, against the run um, for a couple of years. And so that's that's fine. That's all one thing, right? At the same time, you cannot coach size. You just can't. You can't coach size. You can't coach conditioning. You can only condition. 
and you can't coach uh, physicality. You have it or you don't. And so I think that those you combine all of that into the big evolving uh, shape that this defensive line is taking. And in some ways, it's going to take time. But I also agree with um, the the open mindedness that I think Sean McVay is approaching this in terms of he's not ruling out bringing in a very cheap veteran should one become available to play on that, especially, I think, probably on that the interior. Um, and I think that that that's all of that can be true. Like you, you, you always knew when they gutted, they completely gutted their defense. You always knew that some positions were going to be a larger area of concern than others. The defensive line, especially the interior, there are players who are, who are up and coming. Kobe Turner is one of them. Um, you know, Ernest Brown is another who I think have potential. Um, but again, that's going to just take time. It's going to take time to understand that technique. And what I think is the silver lining that you can gain from that side of it is everyone genuinely thinks that stuff is very correctable, very fixable. Um, someone phrased it to me as like, it was just a little mushy, you know, just a little mushy in like the, (laughs) some of the, the gap accountability. And then also on those edges where some of those big runs popped, obviously that's a whole other conversation. Those young edge rushers, they were knocked for it pre-draft that they didn't defend the run super well. That again, that's gonna, just going to take time. That's going to take time and understanding space and where you need to be, um, and coaching and all of that. That'll just that'll just take some time. Um, I can see Kyle Shanahan totally reverting to an outside zone run game when he gets to the Rams in week two. Um, mm. But um, you're just going to have to have those bumps. You're gonna. That's just part of it. Now, on the other hand, do it, it's also true that reinforcements would be especially helpful. Should they become available, the Rams are not going to sign anyone that's a splash. They're not going to make any splash moves, um, at least right now or or in, even into the, the start of the season. But if a cheap, really sort of, you know, bruiser, like smart veteran guy becomes available or is, let's say he doesn't fit and he cut, he's cut or like this happens every year. Um, they've already done this. Akela Weatherspoon is one who... Um, right. So far, you know, looks like pretty solid signing by them. We have to see in games, but he's making plays every day in camp. Um, you know, Demarcus Robinson, Tyler Johnson, Royce Freeman, previously Sony Michelle. Like these were all these are all the types of signings. So a, a interior defensive lineman along those, no pun intended, along those lines um, is someone who fits this roster and frankly would be beneficial. Now, again, I also think that it will look a little different when Aaron Donald gets back on the field. And then when behind them, Ernest Jones is playing, um, Christian Roseboom, who has been, when they are in two inside linebacker, um, packages, Christian Roseboom is, is someone who is, um, real, real physical. Um, he's not going to kind of be the, Dominant sideline to sideline can do anything inside linebacker the way that Ernest Jones is, but he can play the run. Um, if he, you know, point point to gap and shoot like that's, you know, he could play the run. Um, it, kind of, you know, Troy Reader esque when Troy Reader wasn't asked to play outside of his ability like he was at times. Sure. Um, guy could tackle, and so I think that that's there's going to be a difference obviously when those guys get back on the field. But the concern was, and I and I asked Sean McVay directly this after the game. The concern was that some of those guys who those big gash runs, specifically up the middle, um, those inside runs were happening against are guys who are going to be starting alongside Aaron Donald. So that's a concern. And yeah. it, it doesn't mean that, you know, the sky is falling right now, but it does show what I think it demonstrated is there's a long road to go. Not only some of the technical aspects of what it is that they do, but also um, the physicality, the teeth you know, the fangs that you play with a little bit. I mean, the uh, the Rams offensive line in the past hadn't necessarily been known for physicality, a little bit more finesse. Um, but the defensive line was going to throw you around. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's got yeah. they've got to find that as a group. They have to find that. Yeah, no, that that's great. I just I, I was having names flash before my my brain when you said that of, of guys from the past who, yeah, I mean, that was their identity who would um, just. Yeah. So it is. It, it's a process here. And I think everybody knows that you don't necessarily have to, to like it. I, I think Rams fans, by and large, understand that it's a process here, that you're not going to have a, a ready made uh, unit early in the season or the unit that you 
you at least want to have. But uh, but yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, Jordan, about some of those you know coaches or offensive coordinators who they're going to be facing, especially early in the year. It's uh, got to be licking their chops a little bit. Uh, you, you never want to you never want to hear the word mushy described. I, I don't. I know. Is there I was any, like, well, is, that's gross. <laughs> is there any context in life, Jordan, in which? Which mushy is a compliment. Like I, I just good I can't applesauce. Think of if you're eating applesauce, you'd rather mushy. You'd, you'd like it to be mushy. All right, I, baby I can food get that. or Maybe baby food. Yeah, like ma- mashed potatoes. Like you don't want them to be like chunky. Or I like lumpy be... mashed potatoes. I like, right. I like I like lumpy mashed potatoes. I I like some texture in my food, frankly. So. Okay, I, I, <laughs> I respect your opinion, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan, a fan of lumpy mashed potatoes, not whipped. So there you go. If you're ever hosting Jordan at a dinner party, please make sure there's some texture in her food. <laughs> um, I like bland, plain things in case that's ever, you know, a concern. I'm shocked. Yeah, I know, right? That doesn't fit me at all. Uh, Jordan, to finish off, do we have a cup date? Yes, we have a cup date. Thank you for uh, the pun as well. Yes. Um, yeah, not gonna probably not gonna play in the joint practices against the Raiders, but next week in Denver, um, I will be there. I'm very excited um, to go. I like I like Colorado. It's a very beautiful state, um, and excited to see if the head coach there just like openly shit talks anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> good bet. Good bet there. Fun times. Yeah. So. Um, I'm I'm excited for that trip, and Cooper Cup's going to be excited for that trip. Um, he Gary Klein of the Los Angeles Times did have some breaking news yesterday, as he posted on his Twitter account. Cooper Cup did shave his beard. Um, I think Ooh. that comes a week too early. I think you want that if you're in Colorado. You know, just a little chilly at night. You know, oh, sure. You want a little extra lumberjack, but um, but yeah, I think that. Um, Cooper, it sounds like they're gearing up for Cooper to play, um, to practice against the, the Broncos when they do those joint practices again, does not mean we'll see him in preseason games. Certainly would, would think that he's among those players who will be held out for the preseason, but, um, you know, hamstrings can be finicky. I will say like, I see him every day when I'm at practice, he looks like he feels fine. And I know that that's like, you know, it, it doesn't mean that the hamstring won't be something to watch. Um, but I've seen him running around playing with his kids, rolling on the ground. Like I've seen him do all of his workouts with the the medical staff. Um, he looks like Cooper Cup. He looks fine. So I think that um I believe this one I do believe them when they say this is a definitely a precautionary thing. Um, because I see it with my own eyes that um he seems like he's doing well. So yeah, I think that's good. That that'll be that'll be a sigh of relief for Rams fans to get him back into the mix. But a lot of the younger guys, I mean, it's pretty cool. You see, you know, in years past, Matthew Stafford hasn't had to really dig into um getting into a rhythm with other younger receivers or even older receivers who've been there. Like it's it's been Cooper Cup, right? And um this year it's it's been pretty cool. I think those those young receivers, I I can see it that they really like getting coached by Matthew Stafford. Um, he's got a great way of explaining things that make sense and and telling them what he needs from them in terms of placement and and the way that they're working their the tops of their routes and those types of things. Um, and the way that the and 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 in a way that does not make them feel like they're messing up. Or it, it always feels like everyone's growing. And I think that's cool. That's got to be awesome. If you're like Puka Nakua and Matthew yeah. Stafford is coaching you on uh, and try to try to no look yesterday. And like, that's the one that I'm excited to see next because it they didn't connect on it. But also, like, if I were a receiver and Matthew, if I were a rookie receiver and Matthew Stafford hit me with a no look, my brain would break. So I think that like <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun, like to see how that time that sort of stuff is working out too. Um, and, and so it's like you know it, it's good to take precaution with the soft tissue, like Cooper Cup is. It's also good that Matthew Stafford's sort of getting this natural work in with with more players, um, with more people who are doing more things because of Cooper Cup's absence on the field. It's a lot of guys playing in different positions. It's a lot of um, you know contingency plan minus Cooper cup, but also not expecting him to miss time, but, but getting guys onboarded, getting them, you know, in that learning curve, firmly in that learning curve and, and with the rhythm with the quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we we don't need to say this. We say it every year, but no benefit at all to rushing Cooper Cup back out there. I mean, a, a veteran guy, same quarterback, same coach, same play caller, same system. You don't, the last thing you want to do is put him out there, especially like you said, with a soft tissue, you, you can start, if, you, if you're you not 100% on it, you start compensating and then you hurt something else. And it's just, there's no benefit whatsoever to, to putting him out there. So uh, totally understand that the best sign that you can see is exactly what you described, Jordan, is him, you know, walking around and, you know, looking, looking normal. He's not limping. He doesn't have some kind of, you know, cast or, you know, boot on or something like that. Um, so, yeah. And, and that's a great time. Puka Nakua looked really good, by the way. I didn't, yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I'm really interested to see, uh, you know, how that looks when, when Cooper Cup does come back. And some, I, I thought uh, Demarcus Robinson, uh, uh, played uh, pretty nicely too. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how those guys can kind of uh, complement each other and, and the different looks that, that they can bring. So uh, that will definitely be something to watch uh, going forward. Jordan, you will have all the coverage that you need this week. Joint practices with the Raiders next week with the Denver Broncos. Oh my gosh, Jordan, isn't it nice to only have three preseason weeks too, uh, to yeah, uh, to fan. get right yeah. into it? Um, so the uh, the Rams Raiders will be at home, uh, home for the Rams, and then uh, they will go to Denver to, to wrap up the preseason. Jordan, as always, excellent work. Our readers, our subscribers already know that. We appreciate them so much, and I know they're looking forward to another great year. But Jordan, it's been a couple weeks. I know the the uh the, the subscription deal must be gone at this point <laughs> i mean I there's no you set that up that's so good <laughs> there's no possible way that if you go i'm i'm guessing that if you go to theathletic.com/11 personnel it's probably a dead link at this point um, guess what do i have great news for you what jordan <laughs> i'm sorry i can't <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Oh, like Rich set that up so great. You guys, I wish you would see this face as he was setting uh-huh. that up. So yeah. proud of himself. I don't know <laughs> what you mean by setting it up, Jordan. I'm genuinely <laughs> curious. So just as always, somehow they're letting uh-huh. us get away with it. No. <laughs> you can still get that sweet, sweet discount. My favorite thing in the world. When you subscribe to The Athletic through the 11 Personnel Podcast Rich, it was great having you back. And again, once again, shout out to Stu Jackson for really yes. holding it down in a big way. Um, he was fantastic. We'll have him on more this year, too. Um, it'll be super fun. And uh, Rich, it's great to to talk shop with you again. Um, you guys, we will be back next week. We're regular now again, um, you know, as the season has has started. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to The Athletic. Uh, big shout out. Big, big shout out. Shout out that I could not possibly um, overstate. Thank you to those who read the articles. Thank you very much. And as usual, uh, yes. as usual, um, as usual, I am always in the comments section of the articles at The Athletic. Happy to answer any questions you guys have. And thank you for people who do read the articles, do want context and, and do that. Um, I, I cannot tell you how much that means to me and how uh, great it is to see that, especially in a year with so much that's happening and so much that will happen. Um, Really, really appreciate that. Um, And always, guys, I hope you are staying caffeinated. I know I am. Hope you're staying hydrated. I know I am. Hot days out there. (laughs) 10 a.m. practices with Raiders. Going to get up to maybe 90 up in Thousand Oaks. I hope you guys are taking care of yourselves and each other. We'll catch you next time.